Yo, yo, what is up? Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Of course, they're makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering... I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James Diem, and I'm joined by none other than Dr. Roya Habibi. What is up? I'm a year wiser, folks. Yesterday was my birthday. Happy birthday to you. It's like the whole thing. Do it. Happy <laughs> just kidding, birthday just kidding, to <laughs> you. Happy it's also birthday. Earth Day. Did you know today is Earth Day? The day I, after my day is Earth Day, because obviously the Earth revolves around me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've cleared that up now. Yeah. That, that, glad that's all out there. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Just kidding. No, that's, um, that's good. Yeah. You had a good birthday, though? It was, it was fun. great. It was a great good weekend. Stuff. We took the van out camping with the dogs. Nice. Speaking of dog life, you have a dog yeah, now. I am living the dog life. Yeah. So we rescued a dog, if you will, um, from uh, it's actually a street dog. That's it was oh. a street dog in Puerto Rico. Oh. And there's yeah, there's like a program that it, it's an animal rescue by us. They had a ton of dogs. But yeah, my wife messaged me a picture of a dog month or two ago and said oh this is such a cute dog and i've been bugging her about a dog for the longest time and she sent this picture to me and she's like oh my god it's such a cute dog and i'm like all right get it <laughs> and uh she's like no no we can't do that and uh she filled out the paperwork and it was like a post on facebook so a ton of people like said oh it's so cute blah blah, blah. so she's like yeah i'm sure we won't get it i'm like jill you filled out 20 pages of paperwork. How many people do you think actually filled 20 out pages? Paper? It was like 20 pages of paperwork oh, and three gosh. references and like all Whoa. this stuff. Yeah. How old and is the dog? One year old. Have you taken him running yet? Him, her? Actually, I have. Yeah. And uh, she she's actually a pretty, pretty good runner. So, yeah, she's like... She I probably thinks the same about you. She's like, he's kind of slow. I'm not going to put pressure ah, on him. Yeah. No, anyway, <laughs> we're doing good. So awesome. We're dog people. And now you're officially a dog person. Now you can actually yeah. say it and mean it. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the dog world. Yeah. So Awesome. You're going to learn where all the dog parks are, all that fun stuff. Although, we do have, you even have that there? It's just like your yard. We don't yard. have dog parks. Your yard. <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> have dog parks. Wrong. Anyways, we are halfway, well, actually most way through our month of April showers, giving yeah. attention, praise, love to all our students. Of course, we've got some superstars joining us, and we have so far, but we've got a pretty cool episode today all about itching. You know, April being lots of showers, lots of flowers. We've got a lot of allergens going on. And so what better than to talk about itchy stuff, right? Yeah. So a little eye news for everyone. There is a um, uh, There was an article recently released with... Call, it was called Management of Ocular Allergy Itch with an Antihistamine-Releasing Contact Lens. Hmm. So essentially, they are using a contact lens um, as a drug delivery system for ketotyphin. So it was hmm. just tested in um, two parallel uh, trials, essentially. 
and two lenses, one with ketotypin, the other without, same lens used, so it was Edifilcon A lens, and they did the study one-to-one to see which lens, so it was kind of cool, they did one group where one eye had the control lens, one eye didn't, one of them both had it, one of them neither had it. And they found that the lens with the ketotypin provided um, a improvement in both vision and ocular allergies. Or I'm just going to be a jerk for a second. Is that how you say ketotypin? Typhin? That's how I, think I say it. I think you're saying it wrong. How do you say it? I don't know, but I just ketotypin. What do you say? I think it's ketotypin. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm totally wrong too, right? It's not toe as in T O E. Keto to Finn. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, who cares? Who really cares? If, if only they just had a Facebook page or an Instagram page where you it would like sound out each of the words. That's actually you what know, we need names. to do. You know, in optometry school, we had a spelling class. Like, yeah. in our, did you have a spelling class like where we had to spell words like legitimately be graded on it? Like in our in our at PCO. In our lab, before lab, we had like 10 questions that we literally had to spell. Like we had to spell ophthalmology. <laughs> because they're like, we don't want you idiots going out into the real world and misspelling on your like charts. At Berkeley, they already yeah. knew, we, we had to do that as a prereq to get in. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, apparently, we literally had spelling tests. I'm just so, kidding. Actually, anyway. we had spelling tests, but we had like... They did the top. We had to learn the top 100 drugs prescribed, huh. like internet, like any type of drug, right? So, yeah. like, you had okay. to know how to how to spell it properly, what its mechanism action was, what it treated, things like that. Not smart. Yeah. Was ketotifin on the list? It was actually spelled <laughs> ketotifin, and it was on the list. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> Just kidding. Nice. I know how to spell it. Maybe not to say it. All right, fine. Um, we've got a we had a listener request that yes. we have to address, of course. Um, Doctor Lames Al Shawani, I believe, who is practicing in Soho, North uh, North Carolina, New York City. She graduated <laughs> it's new, SUNY. It's up and coming, right? SUNY twenty thirteen actually um, sent us a message saying, "Hey, out of curiosity, what do you think about natural ophthalmics RX eye drops?" So essentially, these are lubricating eye drops. They're specifically for dry eye relief, quote unquote, women. And there's also an allergy one. Obviously, there aren't that many reviews out there. So she was seeing if if um, it's something that we would recommend to, to patients. Um, I went on their website and I was looking through some of their uh, active ingredients because obviously that's how I typically try and screen things. And Jimmy, tell me what these ingredients do. Aluminum Huppus 10X. Nux Mashhada Huppus 6X. <laughs> yep. Euphrasia, parentheses, Eyebright Huppus 5X. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the Eyebright brightens <laughs> the eyes. That's actually in, uh, that's in uh, Lumify, I think. And uh, <laughs> the. No, uh, real talk though, these are all natural ingredients, right? Like homeopathic options. And, and listen, it's. I always tell patients this, and I truly try to live my life this way too. Don't talk bad about something unless you really, really 
no. Right. You know? Right. So I don't really know with this. I think we all have this inner tendency to try and talk bad about it. Right. I don't think that really gets us anywhere in the end. Right. So ultimately, no. you know, I know people that use these products and swear by them. Yep. And they they have some big like supplements that go into like review of optometry and whatnot every now and again. I don't know how I feel about it, but I'd love to hear from our listeners that use it and some good, you know, clinical experience that they've had with it. So I think too, uh, another big thing, especially even when patients ask me this, a lubricating drop does not treat dry eye necessarily. It's a palliative care, in my opinion. Yeah, it's gonna make some people that have dry symptoms, like dryness. But dry eye disease isn't going to necessarily be cured by a artificial tear. Do you disagree? You're making a really squinty oh, eye at me. I to no no no. I'm sorry. I was just falling asleep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just well, I'm talking too much. <laughs> no 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 no. I'm joking. I was joking. Um, I I 1,000 percent agree yeah. with you. So you I can use sustain. Agree. You can use refresh. You can use therapies. You can use natural ophthalmics. You can use semilicin. You can use whatever you want. So Equate. long as exactly cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do want to make a side note that Zocdoc appears to appears to be like pretty hopping in New York City, and Doctor Alshawani has four point nine stars with three hundred and ten reviews. Her most recent review says obsessed with her all caps. <laughs> Just sim- so simple, easy, and great. <sighs> Props, dude. Yeah, so Props. good job with the reviews. Props. Yeah. Um, so let's just hop into our talk today. Let's Allergies, okay? Jimmy's Jimmy's uh, skeptical of it, but I just want to say the College of Asthma, Allergies, and Immunologies defines seasonal allergies like other types of allergies that develop within a body's immune system, which overreacts to something in the environment, usually during spring, summer, fall, or when certain plants pollinate. So specifically for the eyes we're worried about or we think about seasonal allergic conjunctivitis versus perennial allergic conjunctivitis. These are the most popular or common forms of ocular allergy. We also know that ocular allergy affects up to 40% of the population. Most reported symptom there is itch, 90% of the cases. Obviously, redness and tearing are other complaints. And sometimes it's a little hard to differentiate. Is that because of dry eye? Or is it because of allergy? Why do you why do you not believe in allergy, Jimmy? Listen, I'm just jaded because we, you know, are very aggressive dry practice. We we really believe in dry eye, and we see a ton of dry eye. And I think so many patients have been told or self diagnose any eye problem that they have as allergies and they say well i have allergies so this is just allergies and i'm like what are you allergic to i don't know and are you allergic all year round because there's oh well, i have seasonal allergies and it's in the middle of winter and there's no allergens around I'm like <laughs> right. no you're this is not allergy this is dry eye you know and and we need to address it and it's inflammatory and then the other thing is well what if it is allergy how do we treat it anti-inflammatory so you know in my opinion i like to throw a steroid at these things. So I know we're going to get into some of that, but you know, it, when it, when we get down to it, you know, why wouldn't I use a topical steroid like a load of Pradenol versus say a Pataday or Patinol or Paseo or whatever, uh, whatever you want to do. So what, how do you look at that? I mean, that's, well, first of all, good question. And right now 
because in the winter here, everything's cold. I mean, we get a ton of rain in the winter. But as soon as the weather starts to turn, and especially it starts to get brighter, we get just a burst of allergy symptoms, okay? Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. I see is I'll see patients back regularly. For instance, my dry eye patients. I hate doing patients' treatment. Like, for instance, I hate doing Lipiflow in, like, January, say. Because then they come back in March, and they're like, everything was great. And the past two weeks, my eyes have been miserable. What did you do, doc? And I'm like, well, now you have allergies, dude. Like, it's, it's March now. There's a bunch of flowers out. That's what happens. Right. And, and of course, I look for... That papillary reaction on the underside of the eyelid, um, any sort of basically rash on the underside of the eyelid. I like to tell my patients that too. Um, Mm. So when I see that, especially when it wasn't there before, that's most likely a new thing that's going on. So just to go into some of the nitty gritties, none of us like to know these things or really understand. But of course, an ocular allergy begins with the development of a hypersensitivity to an allergen, some sort of external substance, right? The exposure to that same allergen results in a cross-linking of IgE on the surface of conjunctival mast cells. This now triggers a complex series of biochemical events, which essentially results in a release of these um, mediators from your mast cell. We all heard about this, this mast cell granule. Histamine is one of the major mediators, and it's responsible for many of these signs and symptoms of your big acute ocular allergy response and itching is the result of the stimulation of h1 histamine 1 receptors on the conjunctival tissue so chemosis exudation of plasma from the post capillary venules the veins of h1 receptors uh, The redness is mediated by H1 and H2 receptors on blood vessels, as well as an indirect mechanism through stimulating these nerve endings. Okay, so I only read that because some of these words we hear in other medication treatments, right? Um, Whether it be Lumify, how Lumify works, or even actually some of our dry eye treatments, how they work. So anyways... Jimmy already kind of stole the show there, but let's talk about some different (laughs) treatment options. Before we even go to medications, um, some little tips or treatment tips that you could give for patients. One really cool fact is, did you know between 10 or sorry, 5 a.m. and 10 a.m. in the morning is when the highest pollen levels are typically in the air? Did not know that. Yeah. So So stay indoors. Don't go outside. Not in the morning, right? Stay indoors in the morning if possible. Um, save outdoor activities, walking your dog, whatever, in the later afternoon or after a heavy rain. That's when the pollen levels are lowest. Okay. Um, other things, too, is uh, I'm a huge advocate for daily disposable contact lenses. We don't even need to go in that conversation right now. I, I but... thought you were going to say breast milk. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> we have, Did we have a... show notes here that, <laughs> yeah. that are talking about breast milk. This so, is, well, I'm gonna skip I was going to be like, wow, now. that's an interesting thing Seattle started doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess sorry. now that you said it, apparently everyone used to say that uh, breastfeeding your kid made you less likely to have allergies. But actually, a recent study showed that the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology showed that there's no significant difference in allergies found between children who are breastfed versus formula fed. So just women that breastfeed squirt that stuff on everything. Let me tell you something. And it's just, <laughs> it's, it's like this magic fix all. The word it's, squirt really freaks me out. 
Well, it's true. Going on. Um, yeah. And I don't mean this in a bad way. <laughs> Nursing mothers, don't be offended. I'm in total support of this. My wife did it for two years and I, you know, definitely supported every aspect of it. And it's a beautiful thing if you're able to do it. Um, and uh, there are, there's a ton of healing benefits to it. So anyway, interesting. Yeah, Daily sorry. disposable contact lenses are going to help <laughs> with the <laughs> accumulation of allergens within the lens, of course. Um, a really obvious point that I just didn't really think about, obviously, and I'm not a huge advocate for them anyways, but punctal plug use. For people yes. who have allergies, limiting punctal plug use during that time of year is a good idea because obviously you're just trapping more allergens on the eye. You know what, actually, um, I'm glad you brought that up. You know what I've been doing a lot more of lately, and I've never really did it all that much at all. And I'm doing it because of allergy. Well, dissolvables, yes. Actually, we've stopped doing permanent plugs completely because really? of the, yes, stopped. So, um, stopped doing permanent plugs. We are only doing dissolvables, but I've been doing dilation and irrigation more. Interesting. Yes. Why? So, because of allergies? Why? Because of allergies? Yes. Yeah. So in theory, to wash out the lacrimal system of any allergens stuck up in there. So, you know, when when somebody comes in and they're all complaining about tearing, tearing, tearing excessively, what do you always think? Tobradex. (laughs) (laughs) For everything. No, you think oil deficiency, myobian gland dysfunction, and, and probably you're right. And... You know, so we do that, but you know what I've started doing? I'm I'm starting to irrigate those people more. And hmm. you know, I'll, hey, I want to wash out your system, make sure it's open and works, and let's get any junk out of there, allergen wise, and just just kind of clean it out, wash it out. I'll tell you what, I've done it a little bit now over the last couple of weeks, and I've had a handful of like super happy patients, super happy, hmm. and I've just been shocked. So something that I don't think we think of all that often, and it's so easy to do, and uh, it's actually very rewarding. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, before I even go into medications again, another effective thing that I've become a really big proponent of is sending my patients that claim they have allergies or having a lot of itch or I'm just not figuring out how to get rid of especially a papillary reaction that won't go away, I've been referring a lot of patients to a nearby allergist. Okay. One of the most effective ways, according to the immunology and allergy group, whatever, the college, (laughs) they say that treating seasonal allergies um, is immunotherapy, so getting allergy shots. Okay. Um, So regardless, I'm not an allergist. I can treat ocular allergies, but ultimately the best way to treat it is for them to not have it. So if that's a way to do it, I send all my patients nowadays who are really complaining about allergies to an allergist. So anyways, uh, medication. So let's start simple. Lubricating drops. Is there any, I know we don't like the idea of treatment with treatment of anything with lubricating eye drops, but do you think about any particular eye drops when you prescribe lubricating drops or patients are using them just for treating their itchy eyes? Not really. I mean, I, I kind of just go with sort of like that middle of the road artificial tier, like not too guppy, not too, you know, so just like a, you know, I've been reaching for, you know, like a refresh repair or, you know, sustain, just regular sustain ultra. Um, yep. You know, so that's doing ones that are less viscous. Um, so uh-huh. those were perfect or even okay. um, Optive. I tend yes. to still um, personally grab the preservative-free options, but essentially sure. you want something that has maybe like a, 
a methyl cellulose base or a polyvinyl alcohol base, something that's not going to stick as easy and just easily flush off the surface. Okay. Um, Now let's hop into anti-allergy drops, okay? So it's been shown that prescription allergy medications are more effective than over-the-counter allergy medications. Hmm. Okay, I'm like hot on Zatador. I love it. Patients don't have to get a prescription just for it. Just go get it. I, I bring it up all the time if I see even a little bit of allergy in someone, and I'll just say, hey, you know, if you happen to get itchy during the season, this is a good thing to keep in your... That's ketotyphin? Is that... Ketotyphin. Okay. Anyways, what I read about actually is there's a study done that actually ketotyphin versus olopatinine 0.1%. There was a study done, twice daily dosing, 81% of patients preferred olopatidine citing improved comfort and reduction in allergy symptoms. Hmm. So it's we know, of course, you often have to do the uh, prior auth with a lot of the patidae, patinol, paseo. But I um, nowadays the olopatidine is generic, which is ideal, of course. So giving them the option, or especially people who aren't well managed, um, offering the prescription is probably worth it for a lot of patients. What do you think about that, Jimmy? Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. When it comes, <laughs> when it comes to different types of allergy drops, I mean, obviously we think about Zatador. That's easy. Um, olopatidine, azelastine, epinastine, all these different ones. Like, what makes a difference? Do you know? Um, Yeah. Back in school, we learned there was, like, a list. And some of them did one thing. Some of them did the other thing. And then some of the other ones did both. And yes. so that is what I – and so – that's my quick and dirty. And when I have students, I usually am like, hey, I want I want you to make a list for me of all the allergy drops. I want to know which ones are mast cell stabilizers, which ones are um, uh, the antihistamines, and which ones are both. So we know the old school chromalin. That's your chromalin. old mast cell stabilizer, right? I don't even know if they okay. sell it anymore. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah, they um, do. <laughs> joking. Yep. Azelastine, which is our Optivar, that's our selective uh, H1 receptor antagonist. So that is just a histamine blocker. Okay. Okay. Then we have our Zatador or our um, Elastat, which is our epinastine. Those both are um, H1. So they're antihistamine and mast cell stabilizing combo drops. All right. Zatador is a, only H1 versus epinastine is H1 and H2 meaning that actually the epinastine can help with like the eyelid swelling, some of the redness, et cetera. Hmm. Um, then we have another category of medication that a lot of us don't think about is the NSAIDs. Do you think about hmm. that at all for? Never, literally never. I hadn't either, but I was doing a little studying for us and it can be used as an additive to decrease conjunctival hyperemia. And um, essentially, it is directed toward prostaglandins and helping decrease inflammation there. Hmm. Yeah. And then obviously, all of our favorite medications to use, <laughs> our nectar of the gods, our steroids. Yeah. These are possessing the immunosuppressive or anti-proliferative properties, hindering the um, inflammation, essentially. So, I mean, it right, it works higher on the pathway, right? It right, works, I mean, I guess it works so. higher on the inflammatory pathway, right? What's your favorite? Right what's your go-to? 
I'm a lodopredinol guy. Yeah. I, I just, it's just my thing. FML or lodopredinol, you know, whatever I can get typically, but I really do advocate for lodopredinol. I just, I, it works in me. So I, I have a severe horse allergy. What? Yes. I, I grew up around, I grew up around horses. I love horses. I think they're awesome creatures, but I've developed this really amazing horse allergy. So this is like a real allergy. This isn't like I come in, you know, for my regular eye exam and I say my eyes are clearly super duper dry and I say, oh, it's just allergies. No, that's different. That's <laughs> you're lying to me. It's not just allergies. That's what everybody thinks allergies is. This is I'm exposed. I see a horse and my eyes swell up to the point that I can't open them anymore. <laughs> and so all I do is I take some Lodamax and I boop. That's me dropping it in my eyes, and it's gone. (laughs) It's just amazing. And so I also uh, will use – I like Bapreve, personally. I actually use Bapreve or Paseo. Um, And it just – it immediately takes the itch away. But I just – I douse my eyes externally and internally with Lodamax, and it works like a total charm. One small tip, especially for people who are a little more sensitive to certain things – a um, fluoromethylone ointment is a great option, especially at nighttime, and that has no BAK in it for their ointment, which is nice. What I was actually told by the, I think it was my Paseo rep that actually told me this, but she told me that using any allergy drop at nighttime is the most effective time to utilize your eye drop because it partially helps rinse the eye from anything that got into the eye during the day. And it also helps prevent that morning itchy swollen eye because I think of it like you close your eye with all these allergens in your eye and it kind of bakes all night long and you wake up with itchier eyes. So that's a tip I usually give for my patients who have some of those allergies. Um, A quick blip I want to give on everyone for oral antihistamines. So our patients that have, they just take their Claritin every, every, um, allergy season because they think they have allergies or have had allergies in the past. There's a study that actually showed that oral antihistamine loratadine specifically, so Claritin specifically, causes ocular dryness. Um, And it actually does it significantly more than its competitor, cetirizine, which is Zyrtec. So your Hmm. patients that have dryness um, consider questioning them on what they're taking especially if they are taking an oral and I tend to ask my patients if they are taking an oral maybe what it, what are your allergy symptoms do you get hives do you get is this really dis- disturbing to your to you or are you getting like a runny nose itchy eyes if so consider treating just your just your problem so yeah that's my two cents like um it. and then some future considerations or things that are maybe a little bit off label if you will um, number one, cyclosporin. So restasis. Do you use anything for patients like that? I I often will. I think, you know, I've I've learned this, heard it, believe it. You know, I believe that dry eye feeds allergies and allergy feeds dry eye. So I think if you're not taking care of one, you're not going to fix the other. Yep. So I feel like I, I address both. And I, I see, you know, that this helps folks on the allergy side but i think again it's that anti-inflammatory effect is beneficial period yep well 
specifically actually topical cyclosporin inhibits various mediators and the development of the mast cells mast cell mediated reaction um so it also inhibits eosinophils which was and somewhere in that chain of reactions and so Mm. it has great off-label uses against um, severe akc or vernal keratoconjunctivitis so any of my little kids that are super atopic yeah um i'll start them on them oh okay um one other one I'll mention is tacrolimus, not highly used in the uh, eye world, although I'm actually trying to start using it a little bit more. Tacrolimus really? is extremely effective as an anti-inflammatory, typically used systemically. Um, but it's used for, you, people think of it for much bigger things, right? Graft rejection sure, or yeah. ocular pemphigoid or graft versus host disease, um, different things like that. But it is a, a T lymphocyte inhibitor so it's inhibiting the production of the il2 il5 il3 all those things and it also blocks the degranulation of mast cells Hmm. so great option it's something you'd have to get compounded but a great consideration so you get that compounded as a drop Mm -hmm. yep interesting or an ointment yep it's actually used much more highly in the vet world but yeah so anyway for dogs, for not pets, like dogs. veterans. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe both. Okay. I'll, I'll ask my dog. I'll see if she's tried it before. Thank you for your service, all of our veterans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, didn't you, do you have, so there is one kind of cool thing that you could potentially utilize in your practice, although I'm not sure optometrists are technically allowed to utilize it. It depends on your state. Yeah. So it's doctor allergy formula. Okay. So doctor's allergy formula, doctor's um, RX allergy formula. It, so this is kind of a cool thing. It is actually something that's wholly owned by Bausch and Loam, uh, and and it is a in-office uh, ocular allergy diagnostic system. So it's a test that provides eye care providers a comprehensive system to diagnostically test for allergies that may be underlying cause for ocular surface disease or ocular um, uh, conjunctivitis or allergies. So the test is typically covered by major medical insurance plans, which is obviously an attractive thing for docs as well. Um, It utilizes a panel of 60 allergens that are specific to each region of the country and provides results within 10 to 15 minutes. So it is a regionalized test and provides, you know, various different allergy allergens uh, to, to find out what's going on. So, um, let's see, it's covered. It's FDA approved, no needles, no shots. It takes three minutes to perform. Uh, and it was actually founded by, uh, an ophthalmologist and is, is mainly used by ophthalmologists, but there are some States, you know, where, um, this is something that uh, optometrists are doing and it's frankly well within the scope of optometry, but there is, some hiccups as far as uh, billing and coding is concerned because of the code that you would use for this is typically not one that is under medical providers is something that optometrists uh, would be billing. So probably, you know, work on your state level association with uh, insurances lobbying to make sure that they understand this is something that we're able to do. 
uh, could help help uh, get this across the finish line. But I, I would do it. I mean, I would because I think it could be helpful in, you know, educating patients about, you know, ultimately when you're having these issues, yes, we're going to treat it and we're probably going to treat it one of only a handful of different ways. But when we're talking about chronic issues, then we need to figure out what it is so that we can avoid the issue, right? Agreed. But so. to be honest, the way I think about it, I mean, I actually looked into getting it. I went through the whole thing with the reps and everything. Yeah. Almost went through the training. And then I realized I think probably the best way to treat this is the shots, allergy shots, yeah. right? And am yeah. I going to be doing that? No. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Anyways, no? right. glad I don't have allergies. Not even to horses. Not even to horses. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I would do a very good horse impression. That was pretty my daughter, good. My daughter loves it. Anyway. A cell pot of the day. Before Hit we it. get to a really fun topic. Cell pot of the day. Cell potting. This is mine. Do Set it. your patients up for success. How do they fail? When you fit a beautiful lens and they can't get the damn thing in their eye. Okay? Fail. I give every one of my patients a fitting guide that I personally created with step-by-step pictures, um, commonly asked questions, how to get the lens off, where to buy all their stuff, all the stuff. Um, I'm going to put pictures of my, of my fitting guide on the website. So if anyone wants to look at that, feel free to look at it. I'm happy to share it. It's branded for me. So sorry. But anyways, um, scleral lenses take so much more to take care of compared to any other type of lens. And your patient isn't going to remember everything you say. So giving them this guide helps so much. I mean, honestly, since I've done it, I really don't come up against my patients that I train coming back, putting like Boston in their lens for filling anymore. Maybe other patients that I see, but um, it's a super big help for my patients and I can have them. It's a resource for them when they get home. Also, um, Valley Contacts gives out their amazing new patient kit with their lenses, which is a little dispense kit, helping them stay golden and making sure they're using the right thing. So set them up for success. It doesn't matter how good your lens is, but if they're not doing the right stuff to take care of it and use it, it's a failure. April, of course, is causing itching from allergies, but we also want to give our student listeners some information who are itching to learn more about prepping for boards. Enter our special guest for today, Aaron Keim. Jimmy, please do the honors of introducing Yes, Aaron is total super rock star uh, optometrist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So super excited to have a local Pennsylvanian uh, joining us here today on Try Not to Blink. And uh, I've gotten to know her through uh, various student uh, organizations, total rock star as a student, and now a full-fledged doctor and just rocking stuff all over the place. So she went to Southern College of Optometry, uh, got all the awards there, every single one, <laughs> all the awards. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she she appeared here in, in Pennsylvania with, with her husband, who is also a optometrist so they are a dynamic duo some of you may may have heard of him his name is eric henderson past aosa president and also kicking butt uh so she's doing just tons of stuff so i'm, I'm not gonna belabor it you guys could check her bio out online what's up hey how's it going 
we are so happy to have you, and I really appreciate you joining us because you just you just started a new job, actually. Yes, I started a new job like three days ago, so I'm pretty fresh. Real on the fresh. Scene. What do you think about the new job, real quick? How, how's it going? Um, big transition for me, but exciting. So I'm in a hospital setting now. Um, in a pediatric ophthalmology department. So I was previously in private practice, so it's a big, big flip for me. Uh, But the chief of our department is a genius and a brilliant, brilliant person, so I'm just trying to learn everything I can. (laughs) But very different environment, so I'm learning a lot. I think you'll learn a lot and also teach a lot. Yes. So I'm I'm excited to hear how that develops. Um, so, uh, real quick, just for our listeners, uh, just as a quick aside, being married in optometry, just a quick aside, cause I, I want to get into cam K stuff and that, you know, cause you are the cam K video girl. That's what I've been told. <laughs> I don't, and you can tell me more what that means, but, um, what's it like being married to an optometrist? Does it drive you absolutely nuts? Like, what is that like? I, I kind of love it, so if, if I'm being honest, but I've never known anything else. So my husband and I, <laughs> so like, so my husband and I met in school, so and we dated mostly through school. So we're used to talking about eyeballs all the time, studying together, you know, traveling, doing advocacy together, attending conferences together. So it's yeah. kind of how I've always known it. Right. So I love that. And honestly, if we weren't in the same field, I don't know when I would ever see him. <laughs> how did you Yeah, exactly. How did you guys meet? Like um, how did that happen? How do we meet? Um so we met like our first uh oh, I got to think about this. <laughs> um so we met it was actually before our even first day of school, like one of our classmates had a party. Oh. And we both And well, and we both went to school in Memphis, but I'm from Pittsburgh, he's from Illinois. So for the majority of our classmates who are all from Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, and those states, when we would introduce ourselves, they'd be like, oh, you're from the north. There's one other person from the north. You should meet them. <laughs> kind of like so, Game of Thrones. Like, uh, exactly, which now is super cool. Um, <laughs> super cool. So we kind of got pushed together that way. And then um, he asked me to help him study. Uh, and uh-huh. we, became, we were no, we were friends steady. for the first year. We, we were friends the first year, and then started dating our second year. Brilliant! Uh, you're, so both, so uh, you're both worked out. I love you guys. Together, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's fine. I will say, um, for married couples, though, we were working together also, which I also loved. But you have to put limitations on it; otherwise, it does Absolutely. become your life. So. I started making the rule like you can vent in the car and we can talk about work in the car, but as soon as we get in the house, we have to talk about things that aren't eyeball related. So yeah. boundaries. I like okay, that. Good, good. Like that, that was good. Yeah. So. All right. So we got you. I mean, we could just talk about a billion things with you, honestly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we want to utilize your KMK experience. So first of all, how did you get started with KMK? How did that start? I'd like to know, does it like... To be an educator, you're an education instructor for KMK, correct? Yeah, that's right. So do you need like a perfect score on the boards to be able to You need to, to be, be the smartest, You need right? to be the smartest. Is there a qualification? Like do you have to like give your, every answer you didn't get yeah. right? No, You scored the 1600 on your yeah. KMK. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I think Kyle just kind of has like a spidey sense for it. I don't know. Okay. So Kyle's one of the owners and one of the founders. Um 
And to be honest, I don't think he actually knows what I got on boards. Um, huh. Would you tell him? Would you lot, admit it? He, I'm just kidding. I mean, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm at just this joking. point. <laughs> no, but I, I think he just does it a lot more on um, kind of like like he's obsessed with finding good teachers, like people that are really going to connect with the students. His One of his biggest things is like humble. Like he tells us, your job is not to stand up there and be like, I'm going to stand up here and tell you everything I know and how much smarter I am than you. It's all about being able to connect with the students and being able to put yourself in their shoes. Um, so the way I got kind of roped in, I actually met Kyle when he was lecturing at Memphis. Um, and we had his lecture Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a half day of clinic on Friday. So we had clinic till like noon. Okay. Well, of course I like drew the short straw and I had like the, the hard patient, you know, that came in at 1130. Yeah. So I showed up late. So the only seat was in the front of the room. So I had to sit <laughs> right up front. <laughs> um, so we just kind of started talking at breaks. And so by the end of the weekend, he was just asking me kind of what my plans were. And he didn't know at the time that was like a really touchy subject because my now husband and I were trying to decide like where we're going to settle and like what we're going to do. But ultimately what it came down to is I wanted to do a residency and teach, uh, but my husband really wanted to own a practice and we had a really good, what we thought was a very good job opportunity to own a practice in Pittsburgh and we didn't want to give that up. So um, Kyle kind of said, well, you know, you can, you can live anywhere and teach for me. Um, so that's kind of how, so he, he invited me to interview. So there was still a very long interview process and, and things like that. And then I ultimately got the job that way. Yeah. Well, fantastic. KMK has really evolved, right? I mean, uh, I, I think we didn't even introduce what KMK is, but I feel like it's such a sort of a household name when it comes to boards review and, and maybe it's even more than that now, but I'm going to put, you know, my old head hat on for a second here and just say <laughs> back in my day, <laughs> we only had in-person KMK. There was no video. There was books and education in live. And so it has come a long, long way. So do you mind just for all of us old heads listening to, you know, on the podcast, <laughs> tell us, you know, real quick, what is KMK real quick? And then what, what do they now offer? Yes. Yes. I will. I'll try to keep this as succinct, succinct as I can, because it's quite extensive, but, um, KMK, KMK in general, it started as a um, review course for part one of NBEO boards. Um, and then they did move into part two. So now there's review okay. for part one and part two. Oh, okay. So part, both of them, but especially part one, um, that material, it has exploded even in the last two years. So even since I took boards, it's almost completely changed. And that's because Kyle realized students now are very different than they were 14 years ago when he started and they expect things and they like things to be online. Yep. You know, they like to listen to videos while they're working out. They like to be doing flashcards while they're waiting for a patient in clinic. They're very on the go and they're very mobile. So he wanted to try to match that uh, with his program. And then also too, he's trying to hit all the different types of learners. So that's why he has a physical book. I'll kind of go through what there is, but there's also videos. And so every, there's something for everyone really. Um, so the main thing is for part one is the, is the textbook. It's two volumes. Um, and it's kind of a summary of everything that you've learned over the years. And it is based off of the MBO matrix. So they've analyzed that matrix to figure out, 
you know, the biggest hitting concepts. And then there are online videos. So there's over 36 hours of videos that actually take the students through the entire book quickly. Um, so they'll film instructors. Um, we fly out to Omaha and we go on the set um, and they film instructors kind of going through this book hitting hard. She's things, on so the video. She's the video girl. Quickly. Video girl. So I, I, I come was, in later. I, I was later. with people <laughs> at a meeting. Don't even try and be bashful about this. All right. I was with people at a meeting with Aaron recently and um, they're like, oh, my God, that's the KMK girl. That's the KMK doctor. Yeah, so you are a true star. This is well. I I've actually had creepier than. I don't think that's creepy. I love it. It's amazing. But (laughs) but in part two, so part two is all cases. Um, So for part two, he has educators just from all over the country going through these cases with students, but it's just our voices. So like it was recorded over my phone. So I've actually had people. You know, I was doing a different lecture for something else, and they were like, "I like recognize your voice. I, like, love I know your, your voice." voice. Like, <laughs> and he was, they were like, "Are you on KMK?" And they're like, "Oh, I've never seen your face. Like, this is really cool." You know? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." But um, yeah. So, anyways, uh-huh. so part one, there is a textbook. There's videos. There's uh, flashcards, precise practice questions. So, like, I'm bad at biochem. I just want to do biochem questions. Yep. Then there's the evolve practice test. So those are, like, your full-out practice tests. They get harder and harder as the student gets better. Oh, then cool. there's the live lectures. So that's what I do. Um, and there's kind of three sections of those. So two or three weekends for each school. Um, and those are 48 hours and we just bust through as much material as we can. Super fun. Um, (laughs) and then two newer things out, there's something called the booster course. So when he was, um, surveying students, he found the hardest sections for them were anatomy, disease, pharmacology, and optics. So the booster course is 15 hours just in those subjects. So if a student feels really weak in those subjects, they can, um, add that on. Why do you think those topics are the hardest? Oh, that's a really good question. And do you question. think certain schools are worse than others? I don't know. Sorry, just a question to Nora. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think there's a lot of different ways to teach those topics. Um, and so it really depends on how you were taught. So like I teach in my lectures, I do optics. So I do optics, neuro, BV, um, ocular motility, contact lens, low vision, VSP, that kind of stuff. That's all of Basically, uh, isn't that all? That's everything? literally. There's nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all the stuff that people like. Oh man. <laughs> um, but so, so I see the optic side of it, and there is a there's it definitely is um, vari- variable by school. Every school has things that they're strong in and things that they're not as strong in. So a school that they're like, oh yeah, we feel great about optics. They are like dreading farm, right? So. Yep. There's no school because that's impossible for one school to hit every subject perfectly. But I really find it's how it's taught. So it really does come down to the teacher. Um, Like I think what KMK does really well and what's really fun about what we do is the schools already have laid a good foundation. But a lot of times they've had like anatomy in first year, physiology, second year, disease in third year. So and then pharmacology in third year. So we get to come in and we connect anatomy we connect it to disease and then we connect it to pharmacology so it's like oh that makes sense like oh i understand pharmacology now because i understand anatomy you know where with in school it's more kind of bits and pieces so and we say all the time we can't do what we do without the 
instructors and without the school because if I walked in there and the student had never heard of like a virtual image, they would all hate me, <laughs> right? So so we only can do what we do because they lay a good foundation and then we just get to kind of connect all the pieces and review. So Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is, uh, again, it's a household name. You know, we all know about it. Um, what, what, uh, there in my, you know, back when I was, uh, taking them, there was like one other board review program that came out. So, you know, like, I'm, I mean, how does this work? I mean, do, do you find that students get a bunch, they do other ones too, or they just stick with KMK? Do not, not all students do KMK? I feel like everybody did it when I was in school. I don't know. Is it still that popular? Like, how does yeah. that look? Is it changing? Is it growing? Yeah. So Sorry. Um, yeah, so I think really, I think if anything in the last 10 years, it's really just grown in popularity. I think it's around 97% of students use KMK now. Um, and in my opinion, the reason it's so popular, I, I think the, um, the resources are phenomenal, but what they offer that I think sets them apart is the strategy portion. So you know, you can, you can be the smartest kid in the class. You can be number one in your class and still not pass boards. Okay. And, and what they, so, and Kyle's been obsessed with this and I say obsessed, like in the best way possible, but (laughs) why are these kids passing and why can't these kids pass? And so he found it really has a lot to do with strategy. Um, so in all of his courses, like the first thing that he does is a video about the strategy. So you need to start on this day and by January 1st, you need to do this. And by February 1st, you need to do this. So he gives them a strategy. And I think that takes a lot, kind of takes off a lot of stress and it makes it more doable for students. Um, they actually recently came out in the last two or three years came out with, it's called the signature course. This thing is amazing. It has been increasing board scores by about 12%. So wow. people wow. that fail the first time that then take boards. So if they got 60% the first time, now they're getting 72%, which is phenomenal. So the signature course actually steps them through day by day. So it says on this day of October, you need to watch this video, read these pages, and do these flashcards. Wow. And students love it. They love it because they have a lot of other things going on. They have other tests. They're in clinic. So it's just like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yep. Right. So what so is the what is the, the overall six what is the overall success rate of students who take KMK? Is that something you guys know? Is that a statistic that exists? Well, it not really because there's no way for us to know that 3% that don't do KMK, we don't know if they pass or not, okay. <laughs> you know, because we yeah, don't sure. have those. So so I'm not sure. But I will say, like, I do tell the students, some of them definitely supplement with class notes because sure. we just can't get in every single detail. So I've, I would say most students use KMK and class notes. Um there are one or two other programs out there um, that students will use. It's mostly just review questions. So I find they just use it in supplement to KMK. We used it like before we went to bed. It's just like extra practice Do you think that's good? Questions. Do you think it's good for people to shop around for some of the other board review uh, courses? Or do you think it confuses people? Like, I mean, what do you think? Good I mean, question. Take your KMK um, hat off for a second. I know. It's hard. I'm obviously biased. So I'll say this. I think... Um, you can pass with just your school background, you know, in KMK. However, I do think there is some value, you know, in the other programs just because they're asking you questions in a different way. 
you know, so you're getting it maybe from another angle, another perspective. Maybe they'll explain something different that clicks with you. So it's certainly not going to hurt you. Um, I think the big thing too, whether it be KMK or anything, you could pass with your school notes alone. You don't need any of this necessarily. But first of all, your first time taking boards is your most likely time. You have your highest percent chance of passing. As you get to your second and if you have a third time or whatever, your chance, like the people who have second or third attempt, (laughs) third um, attempt (laughs) taking. You're screwed if you're on your third attempt. Their percentage pass rate is lower. (laughs) So you're like, as much as you can do to prepare yourself. Yeah. And having structure is really what most of us lack when we're preparing for a test with that much information. Yeah. So 100%. Because before it was just you had literally all of your class notes in front of you. And I was like, all right, well, I guess today we'll do biochem. I don't know. Right? There's no. But then, so they took the matrix and they figured out wait, they only ever ask four questions on biochem. So you should only spend an hour. You know, you shouldn't be spending that much time. Absolutely. So it really was more the strategy. Like, that's how this all started. Yep. I posted a question. I posted a question real quick uh, recently on on Facebook about individuals who failed and, um, you know, said, reach out to me and I'd like to get some information from you. So we're going to have some of those folks on another podcast. But a common thread was, yeah, just not being prepared, uh, putting the time in and then just the style of learning, just that, you know, a lot of them said, you know, look, I, I had trouble with part one, but I passed two and three with flying colors. And it's because I'm just not a good test taker. And this is just not something that I excel at. And I never did. And so, you know, they had to kind of really learn how to take this test and maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. So one thing I do want to know, because I felt like I got a lot of information from KMK and I, I appreciated the experience and just the way that they broke down the information from an evidence-based approach. Um, mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that is, are you doing anything or is there anything on deck for CE or for continuing education or for, you know, continued, you know, maintenance of our high level of care as doctors? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so this is definitely in the works and there's already some stuff out in this realm. So the first thing that they did, again, he was kind of asking new grads, like coming out of school, what's like one of the top things you don't feel comfortable with. And almost across the board, he got billing and coding, yeah. which I don't think that's something in school. We're like, Oh, I don't have to worry about that yet. Don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right. And then we get to our first day of our job and it's like, Oh shoot. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, worry should, about that. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> right. So, um, so they have an awesome billing and coding course hmm. that is a textbook and a workbook, like with practice in Ooh. it, um, and videos online as well. So that's gotten really good feedback. And I think it's great for new grads because if you can feel really comfortable with billing and coding, as you go into your office, rather being afraid of it, it should be something you feel good about offering. You know, maybe it's an older doc that's not as comfortable billing and coding, you know, because they just kind of had to learn it on the fly. So if you can come in with really solid knowledge in that, I think that makes you very valuable. Totally agree. um, And just another skill, you know, so I think that's awesome. And then they started doing KMK Update. So they have people that are just R&D, so their job is to read the newest research that comes out, Um, and then they release a book called KMK Update, and it goes through 
there's different chapters of conditions and it will review the condition and then it will say like clinical pearls and the latest research in this area. And it gives you bullet points of like the new stuff that's come out about it. Wow. Awesome. Um, We're going to so link really both like of that. those to our website. or So everyone who wants to look at that, check it out. Yeah. Uh, and then they also have... Um, Sorry, there's a lot of stuff. They have KMK <laughs> Pro, which is their Instagram, KMK oh, Pro. Okay. And they post pictures and clinical pearls. Oh, neat. Okay. And then they also have um, an ABO optometry board certification book and course. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. And I've actually talked to docs across the board that used it and really liked it and felt it was very, very helpful. Cool. So, Love it. Very good. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they are doing some CE, but I think, I know they want to do more in the future. Awesome. Cool. So cool. sweet, Aaron. Well, yeah. thank you so, so, so yeah. much for joining us tonight. You're we welcome. really appreciate you. This was awesome. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a We're going to definitely get you back, and, and maybe we'll ask that goofball husband of yours to join us, yeah. and we'll do a little uh, <laughs> married in optometry bit and uh, talk a little bit about yeah. you guys and your careers and, uh, you know, starting out in optometry and how you guys are navigating awesome. this this field so thank you so much we appreciate <laughs> yeah, it yeah it was and, fun uh, thank we'll you we'll be in touch thank you Absolutely. very much have a good one well that about does it before we go reach out to us for questions stories feedback what you want to know check it out either on our facebook instagram call us text us 920-350-8622 of course we can't go without saying thanks to valley contacts for their support for their amazing lenses and of course the amazing people they are to work with and of course be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode but until then try not to blink